Welcome to the Gods of Tomorrow podcast, where we discuss religious deconstruction, secular humanism, political activism, and epistemology. Together, we explore how to solve human problems with human solutions. We deconstruct, we activate, and then most importantly, we live our fucking lives. I am your host, Josh Ra, and you are the gods of tomorrow. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's do this shit. Oh, we are back. Take that baby Jesus, put him over your knee, and give him an old swat on his rumple still skin. You are in a safe place. This is not a blood cult. There's no judgment here, and that in of itself is exciting to me. This is Gods of Tomorrow. I am Josh Raw. You can call me Josh, and this is episode 18. I realize this is the first episode of 2023 on this podcast, and it's almost March. And you may be thinking, God damn, Josh, you've been a lazy son of a bitch. And you'd be wrong. I've actually been quite busy. I have a put together a collection of stories and poems that will be going out in the next couple of weeks, and I have completed the first rough draft of a novel that is going to be in a trilogy that is based on Mesopotamian myth and lore that is going to show how so many of these stories and motifs that are found in the Christian religion came from earlier renditions but that is for another time the point being this podcast is still here it is not going anywhere i'm going to continue making content for this podcast which can be found wherever podcasts are listened to i'm sure as well as youtube and my patreon you've probably noticed though that i am off most social media i deleted my instagram my facebook my twitter and a number of other mediocre to minuscule social medias that aren't worth mentioning. I have also ceased making content for the most part on TikTok. And to be honest, I am enjoying the breath of fresh air, uh, the quietude, if you will, of being able to step away from the noise that is found within the interwebs on social media and just finding myself being more productive in the things that I want to achieve in my life which I know I've expressed in previous episodes, so we're not going to continue to beat a dead horse. Just be rest assured that I will continue to be making episodes for Gods of Tomorrow. You can always support what I'm doing here by being a part of my Patreon, uh, which is at Josh Raw. So take that rope, unravel it around Judas's neck. Let's live another day and dive into our topic for the day. I really want to talk a little bit about theory of mind. Now, this is what my dissertation was on. It's something that is extremely fascinating to me and how it relates to the beginnings of what we would consider to be religion. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with the term theory of mind, this is the evolutionary byproduct that allows human beings to understand 
another's mental state, their thoughts, their beliefs, their intentions, even their feelings. And they can use this information to help explain or predict the behavior of someone else. Now, this extends beyond the physical. It can also be applied to the immaterial, which we'll be talking about today and how humans placed agency onto non-living immaterial things like the wind or the clouds or um, maybe an invisible entity which we would consider to be gods some religions look at spirit guides and angels and other things of that magnitude but it's the ability to infer and think about what another's mental state may be this is what allows us to predict or think about what our child may be doing in the other room when we can't see them or what our spouse may be doing at work or why our boss is sitting us down and having a particular conversation with us or again in the case of what we'll be talking about today what god wants from us now the interesting thing about theory of mind is that it did not come about in our biological evolution for the purpose of religious thought. It wasn't there for us to develop religious thinking, practices, rites, rituals, etc. Instead, there were two primary reasons why humans developed theory of mind. The first one was to keep an individual safe from potential threats in their immediate environment to promote their survival. The example that's most frequently given in the research is thinking of a hunter-gatherer that's moving through the plains or through the forest, and they hear a rustling in the bushes. And they imagine that this rustling is the um, maybe a predator that is coming after them to kill them. And so they flee from the scene, and they are... Uh, escape whatever the danger may or may not have been. Now, this could have been the wind. It could have actually been a predator. But regardless, their ability to imagine what might have been allows them to uh, live another day and they make their own interpretations of that event. And maybe then they apply agency to the wind warning them or their own intuition or an actual predator being there so that then they start to create a pattern around this type of behavior and they reinforce that evolutionary development. The second reason that we developed theory of mind was to allow for better insight into familial or tribal members' behaviors when they were apart from each other to have a more cooperative community in order to complete tasks towards completion. So there's some great research that was done that talks about the fem female, feminine mother figure that stayed at home to take care of the children in the household um, and duties therein, where the husband or father figure would leave to go out and chop wood or potentially go hunting for their evening meal. And they had to have the capacity to think about or imagine what the other was doing, which in turn allowed their societies to flourish and grow. Now, an interesting thing that's come about in the research 
is that there is a significant difference behind the regions of the brain that are attributed to theory of mind between men and women. Now, I should probably put in a disclaimer here with the current political climate about the terminology that I'm utilizing in referring to men and women, but this is how it is worded in the research, and so I just want to be clear in what is being found there. One of the things that we see is that women have more developed regions for theory of mind, and hopefully that's the best way of wording that, uh, which is to say that they have a greater capacity to understand other people's thoughts, intentions, and feelings than men do. This has a lot to do with the longevity of utilizing the skill based on the situation or the environment that either one was in during the last couple hundred thousand years of human evolution. We know that women were frequently in the home setting, taking care of children, where they were engaging in uh, tasks that uh, not only had to do, of course, with the household, but interpersonal tasks where they were engaging with other people within the community, whereas men were more likely to be out hunting or chopping trees or doing solo tasks where they were solely focused on their survival outside of the safety of the home and their skill sets weren't as developed around interpersonal relationships. And so this makes quite a bit of uh, sense to me, at least, in thinking about why we see that in the research. But something that's even more interesting is that this correlates with research that tells us that women are more religious than men. They have a greater capacity or ability to put agency into the supernatural, whether that be gods, angels, spirit guides. Women are more likely across the world, according to the numbers we've seen in research, to do this than men, which again makes sense if the regions of their brain that allow for theory of mind are more developed. But I want to reiterate that theory of mind as an evolutionary uh, mechanism uh, for causal attribution was not meant for religious thought. It had to do with safety and allowing a means for early hominids to be cooperative and complete tasks cooperatively so that their societies could grow. And the interesting piece that we find is that the regions of the brain that allow for this theory of mind capacity, for this mentalism, if you will, is also the area that feeds our imagination. It is where we are able to construct imaginary conceptualizations around the world in which we exist and derive meaning from. And there's been some interesting research that's been done in the past five to 10 years that has told us that the more we engage in this imaginary mentalism in placing tension and agency into immaterial supernatural agents, the more likely we are to perceive that as being true and the more likely we are to continue to come back to those unseen agents for direction in our own lives. 
Now I want to shift the conversation just slightly to talk about how this impacts children that are indoctrinated within a religious belief system. There was an interesting study that was done in 2018 called Growing Up Thinking of God's Beliefs, Theory of Mind, and Ontological Knowledge. And what the researchers were doing in this particular study were trying to determine how well children between the ages of like 4 and 12, Catholic children, were able to determine the intentionality of the Christian God. Now, what they found was their ability to determine what God's intentions were or how much agency he had was dependent on the amount of ontological knowledge that had been passed down to them through their parents or their religious teachers, which had come to no surprise to anybody. But the interesting part that really stood out to me was that these were Catholic children, uh, presumably from a private school that had gone through regular uh, activities and lessons that were built around God, around what God was, what God thought, what God wanted, that regularly had them engaging in utilizing those regions of the brain for theory of mind to um, reinforce their usage. And not only that, but they were doing it at such a time that it took this information and attached it to the identity of the child. And this is one of the things that the research talks about is how having this conceptualization, conceptualization of God and what God wants interwoven into the identity of the child keeps that child from being able to feel safe or secure in stepping away from that religion. Now, for me, that's terrifying. Like, that's fucking terrifying that we would have children engaging in this idea of what God is and what God wants, utilizing the biological byproducts of the brain, the imaginary um, mentalistic areas of the brain, at an age where they are impressionable enough for this to then become part of their identity. And if it is interwoven so well, then they, of course, are going to pass this on to their own impressionable offspring down the road. And we're going to continue to see this um, evolving and emerging and solidifying in the way that it uh, presents itself among these particular individuals and their bloodlines, um, or even society as a whole, which may very well give us some insight into how religion became as prominent as it is today. I mean, in the history of humankind, there have been thousands of religions and like 15,000 deities that have been recognized. We know that, you know, 12,000 to 40,000 years ago and beyond, there have been religions such as animism, shamanism, and ancestral worship that later led to polytheism and monotheism. Um, that animism that allows us to place agency um, into all things in the world, the wind, the trees, uh, animals, etc., uh, is traced back to 
100, 150,000 years ago, if not more. I've seen some studies that have suggested as much as 600,000 years ago before the use of language, before we developed a language, we were able to place agency into other things. And this isn't too surprising considering that we have done studies with chimpanzees and bonobos that have demonstrated that they too are able to use theory of mind um, and they have belief systems that are similar to animism, or at least show traits of beliefs similar to animism among themselves. And these are our closest related primates that are able to show these developments in their own minds, which give, I think, pretty good evidence that we too, as ancient hominids, probably had animistic beliefs um, and a theory of mind developed before we had a language. And to think how innate that is and how long that has been a part of us and has developed for purposes apart from religious thought is mind-blowing. And then to think how it has evolved and has been utilized uh, in today's society, how it exploded into pro-social religions after the agricultural age at the beginning of the Holocene era, um, and has trickled down into being such a mechanism for control in the modern age with many of the main religions around the world is not only frustrating, but it's fucking terrifying that we have institutions around the world of organized religion that are exploiting the biological and evolutionary development of the human brain to meet their own means by taking information and tactfully indoctrinating youth before the age of reason in order to subliminally and psychologically attach their doctrine to the identity of these impressionable youth is crazy to me that we allow this to happen and give them so much power when we have the science behind it to educate why we are susceptible to religious ideas and beliefs. Now, I, I'm using religion throughout this particular episode and not spirituality because, as many of you know, I still find that uh, there is an important element to spirituality in our lives and the way that we find meaning and purpose. We are designed to connect the dots, if you will, and find meaning in our lives and purpose in our lives. But to think that we have these religious institutions that are imposing that meaning onto youth by creating a agenda for the supernatural and to attach that to the youth is terrible to me. There, there is no benefit in that for humankind. The benefit for that solely rests in the hands of the religious institutions that are managing that and influencing our cultures and our civilizations, um, which I think we need to put a stop to. And so for me, the answer is education. It's letting people know how this works and keeping their children safe and themselves safe. The imaginary idealism that is robbing them of their intrinsic divinity.
All right, that is what I have for you today. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode on theory of mind, and I've given you some insight into some of the research that has been done on this uh, in the last five to 10 years. But for now, just get out of here. Go live your life. Go live your best life. Go be the best version of yourself. And as always, do what the fuck you will. Oh, 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 oh,